Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello. DJ, this is Zach Taylor at Cincinnati. Hello, Jordan. This is Zach Taylor at the Bengals. You want to come join us and be a Bengal? Yes, sir. You ready to come play for us? You know I am. The Cincinnati Bengals selects DJ Turner, corner, Michigan. Podcast. We are joined by A to Z Sports, John Sheeran, who is the expert on the Cincinnati Bengals and the NFL Draft, and he happens to be on our show today. John, how are you doing? I tried to do the, the Hoji impersonation, but my mic was muted, so I'm going to try it again. Bengals Podcast! That's true. This is the Bengals Podcast. And we are only talking about the Cincinnati Bengals. We're not talking about the Pittsburgh Steelers. We're not talking about the other teams and what they did, the Kansas City Chiefs. We don't really care, John. Bengals made moves that they think will improve the defense these first two days. And so they got this guy, DJ Turner, John, who is really kind of what we were missing in the secondary. Wouldn't you agree? I mean, we have a Cam Taylor-Britt, you know, very physical, a very physical uh, corner. We have a Chidobe Awizia who's a very well-rounded corner. And then we have this this DJ Turner, super fast guy. Anytime you can add someone whose name is Juan Drago, you should do it. Like, I don't know why he goes by DJ. That's the best name I've ever heard. I have no doubt in my mind he's going to be a great player just because of that name. I think any cornerback that they were to draft in the first two rounds, and we did expect them, or at least I expected them, to take a cornerback this early. He's likely going to be... That's Miles Murphy, by the way. I've seen some highlights from yesterday. DJ Turner is likely going to be the Chidabe Awuzie replacement in 2024 and beyond. And Awuzie is by far their best man-covered cornerback, a phenomenal athlete. He can stick with receivers. I think DJ Turner, objectively was one of the three or four best man cover quarterbacks in this entire draft class. Maybe even top two, to be honest with you. Because he's just... He didn't test in terms of, like, uh, the three-cone and short shuttle, but he would have blown those drills out of the water just like he did with a four-two-six forty with vertical and putt jumps that are freaking huge. Yes, he's small. He's small in ways that people labeled Emmanuel Forbes small because Emmanuel Forbes still had length, but DJ Turner doesn't have length, right? He has... I think 30 and a half inch arms and he's still about 180 pounds. They plan on him adding some weight. He'll probably get up to like 185 by the time he's actually starting, but that won't take away the, the amount of speed that this guy has. He is a true back and he's really good at it. Yeah, sorry, I didn't realize that one had sound, but stop start quickness. He can recover. Here's the 40 yard time of his John. What do you see his very fast, very fast to your point. And here is a very acrobatic player. Kalinsky. And 
So yeah, so he can yeah he can make plays on the ball. Very good player. <coughs> the question, John, becomes: What does the secondary look like next year? Right? Because we got Chidobe, we got Cam is going to be a starter initially. Mike Hilton is going to be the slot guy. So Eli Apple probably not going to be retained, and we're going to have DJ Turner as the third boundary corner. I'm guessing is that is that yep. one thing? Okay, and Dax Hill is going to be a safety. That's 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 clear, right? Yeah. And so Dax Hill. What's, yeah. Well, what's yeah. cool about it too is that if if Hill and Turner is starting in 2024, like they played obviously next to each other at, at Michigan. I'm I'm assuming that they at least had some notes about hey, this DJ Turner guy looks pretty good after scouting Dax Hill all of last season because they played right next to each other. Turned on the boundary, Hill was in the slot, and if both of them are now starting again in the same secondary there's already a level of communication and chemistry that they have with each other obviously it needs to get in line with what the Bengals what their calls are and what their verbiage is and I'm sure Dax will catch DJ up to speed but there's already an understanding of like how to play within space with, with these guys and so much of the Bengals success on defense was how their safeties always kept things in line and like Jesse and Vaughn did a great job of communicating and making those calls and now it's up to Dax and whoever's starting next to him at safety to do that. But he's already got a level of communication and chemistry already with a future starting cornerback on this team. Yeah, and so so just, yeah, so we knew we needed the corner. We needed, needed a guy with the potential to be a starter, add some dynamic athleticism to the, to the defensive backfield. The question then becomes, John, with the third-round pick, right? That's where everybody has the question. Because we have, our, we have two starting safeties now. We have Dax and Nick Scott, who's definitely good enough to be a starter, right? And well, I think we signed him. Yeah, we signed yeah. him to be a starter. Not a top salary, but this a starting salary. And then they go out, John, and they add a guy who fits their profile in terms of personality. And obviously, team captain type of guy, leader, great guy. But, but, but why in the third round do they add a Jordan battle. Yeah, I think every team wants to say that they just take the best player available, and this might be just the literal definition of that. Like, they took Tyson Anderson last year. They traded up in the fifth round for Tyson Anderson because he was by far their best player available at the time. This may just be the redux of that. The thing is, when you're... Like, the third round, to me, is like the inflection point. Like, after the third round, you're not really expecting guys to start or contribute within the next year. The third round is that last area where like there needs to be some type of a plan to get this guy on on the field. And what creates pause for me is that Luna Rumo is on record for saying like he doesn't like rotating in guys at either cornerback or safety. It's why Dax Hill barely played last year, uh, aside from just when injuries kind of caused him to get onto the field. So. I don't know what the plan is for Jordan Battle to get onto the field, especially this year and maybe even next year. Like, I don't know if this is a competition between him and Nick Scott. You, you would assume that Dax Hill being a first-round pick, he's going to start. They're going to see what he is. But other than that, Jordan Battle, like, deserved to be picked sometime in day two. And the fact that they got him at the end of day two, it is a good value pick because the guy's just a good player. He's not great at anything, but he's really good at a lot of things. And that's... It's also just the case with his overall athleticism. Like, he's a good straight-line athlete, but, you know, changing direction, it's not the greatest thing. But he's mentally, you know, 
apt in just reading what he sees and making the calls for Alabama. Like he played multiple positions for this for the Crimson Tide secondary. He played the star position, which is what Mika Fitzpatrick did back in the day. Like that's a really important spot for Nick Saban's secondary because Nick Saban's really big on defensive back. So he had that leadership role and he has, like you said, all the intangibles and character that they want. He seems like a great kid. And he, yeah, he deserved to be a second or third round pick. It's just, I don't know what the plan is to get him on the field within the next year, unless he's just starting ahead of Nick Scott. Yeah, and then and the question for a lot of people is, well, there were people on the board who got picked right after the Bengals pick was coming up that they could have added. And they went to rivals. So for a lot of people, that hurts even more. But the Bengals obviously anticipated that. They knew that was going to happen, and they didn't want those guys. Yeah, I mean, Darnell Washington, he fell, quote-unquote fell in this draft because of some mystery medical issue that apparently some doctors or teams discovered, and the public didn't really find out about it until right before the draft. He was projected to go sometime like early day two, and he ends up going to the Steelers with, I think, their their last pick of the third round. He's just an unfinished product, and that, that this would be the same evaluation if the Bengals took him too. Like, he's huge he's fast he's freaky he's hard to tackle when the ball's in his hands and I think the Steelers know how to use tight ends pretty well I just I, I I'm not going to say though that Darnell Washington is going to be this immediate threat in the passing game because he's not like he's just a projection as a receiving as a receiving tight end he's going to be good blocking because he's just naturally bigger and faster and stronger than most guys he lines up against but I, I don't know if he's going to be this next Pro Bowl tight end like people make up to be like the third round might be the, the best time to take him but you know clearly the, if if the Bengals wanted him and they need a tight end they would have taken him yeah well we do, we do need a tight end let's be clear I mean Irv Smith adds a lot with his athleticism and his hands he's good but they're injury concerns, and he is the next in line of these veteran tight ends who come in, they make a name for themselves, and get bigger deals elsewhere. He's not the long-term solution. I don't think anybody saw him as that. So they're going to need to get a tight end. Maybe it'll be next year's draft. I mean, I'm sure they'll, they'll probably add one later in this year's draft. But, you know, what are you getting with the fourth, fifth, sixth-round pick, right? That That's the main philosophical thing with tight ends because no one knows when to draft them in order to get the most value out of it because there have been a decent number of tight ends taken in the fourth and fifth rounds end up having pretty good careers it's just the immediate impact you're right like you don't really expect rookie tight ends no matter where they're drafted to be immediate starter michael mayer might have been the exception just because you know he's basically already an nfl vet and he's only still 21 years old so he's kind of special in that regard so other than him there wasn't really a tight end that i like a true, like a true standard tight end, like Dalton Kincaid would have been in a big slot essentially, but like a true standard tight end that would have came in and would have taken on, you know, 60, 70 targets and would have been an above average player. Like that, that's a hard ask for any rookie tight end, even with a class as deep as this is. So I always thought the fourth and fifth round was going to be the sweet spot for them. Like a guy like Davis Allen makes a ton of sense because he has everything that you look for except long speed. And that's why he's pushed down now to the fourth and fifth round range. I think they will find a guy within the next two or three rounds within these next handful of picks that just fills in behind Irv Smith and potentially take on a bigger role next year because you expect growth out of the tight ends in year two and beyond. Yeah. And then the other big hole, okay, obviously right tackle, but that's a long shot. We're going to find the right tackle that can no. start for us. But running back, that's a realistic one, right? I mean, you yeah. can find a, a running back that at least you give 200 carries in a year in the middle rounds. It's very realistic. And a lot of people 
are mentioning Israel, Abba, Abanacanda. Yeah, Abanacanda as a target for the Bengals, John. I mean, well, yeah. Maybe. Yeah. I, I think Roshan Johnson's more likely, and I honestly expected him to be the pick where Jordan Battle got picked last night. He just fits character, not a lot of wear and tear on the tires there. Pretty much everything that they would value in a running back because he's really good at pass protection. He's a good enough receiver, but he's a power runner. He fits the size profile too. I'm interested to see how far he falls because there was a lot of buzz on him going sometime in day two, but he was ultimately a backup at Texas, and that's why he didn't get a ton of carries. But if they're looking for someone who can complement Mixon, who can do some things that Pirine did last year, Roshan Johnson makes the most sense. And if not, there's still some other receiving backs like an Eric Ray or an Evan Hall that they can get in the fifth round and beyond and can still find a decent enough complement to Mixon. Yeah. So what do you what do you see in this final day of the draft, John? Other than we talked about the running back tight end, yeah. What, I mean, what defensive line? We need a we need a, a guy that can move people and get get through an offensive line, right? Yeah. I mean, maybe you find a defensive tackle. Other than that, yeah. I don't see any more picks on defense. But I bite my tongue now because that just could be what the board is like. I don't know what what Lou and Rumo has over Brian Callahan. Maybe he has some type of blackmail because Brian Callahan hasn't had a top 100 pick in the past two years now, but you would expect tight end running back. They like day three offensive linemen. They've taken one in like 15 of the last 20 drafts. So not discounting that either. And maybe a they have five picks. So that could, that could work. Yeah. Well, we will see. I think it's been, again, a, a not so exciting draft, but the draft of a contender that has a pretty well stocked roster and is just looking, is thinking about, like you said, BPA, looking at the future. So I think overall we should be very happy so far and we'll see what happens in day three. John, any final thoughts? Yeah, it's it's just been surprising just because the draft is just mirroring last year. Only now they have like eight picks in total instead of six because they traded up twice. But this is just how it's going to be because they, they need to make this defense young and cheap and they're just telling you that they're planning on paying both of these receivers and a lot of salary cap space is going to be tied up into three players and that's just going to be the reality with this team going forward yeah okay so we will try to cover day three again tomorrow around the same time for a to z sports is john sheeran i am daddy mcduk don't forget to subscribe don't forget to go to john's website a to z sports.com and turn on notifications we're going to do a overall draft grades on monday with the whole team with the whole number one Bengals podcast team and until then put your initial draft grades in the comments i want to see how you guys feel about the first three rounds yeah tell us about the first three rounds and tell us who you think we should get today starting very soon all right we'll see you next time a sweet day Peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.